The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What's up, Bills Mafia? Fernando Shimude here, and that's your leading the charge. After this tough loss against the Pittsburgh Steelers, it's just preseason, obviously, and we never like losing games, but the thing that matters the least during this time of the year are the winnings and losses. So the most important thing are the performances and, and how do the players play during this this part of the preseason and that's what was really concerning regarding this game and not really uh, the scoreboard it doesn't even show how bad the performances were especially by the Bills starters uh, so thinking about this game and I'm gonna focus especially on the winners and losers talking about mainly of about the starters, because that's what's mo- the most important stuff is going on regarding the Bills. Uh, obviously, there are some some comments about some backups also and people fighting for spots on the roster, on the 53-man roster. But my biggest concerns even uh, aren't even about the players, and you will understand along the show so i want to start talking about this defensive side of the ball and and my first loser from from this week two game can't be other than tyrell dodson and after this second week in a row where he really didn't impress and and actually underperformed in the Mike linebacker spot and as the leader of the defense. Uh, I believe it's pretty pretty fair to, to think that he's not going to be the starting middle linebacker in week one. No matter what Sean McDermott want to tell you in his press conferences and when he says he believes Klein and, and Dodson did a good job, uh, leading the defense, it was pretty clear that he was frustrated with Dodson. And in a game right after uh, he called all 
uh, he really called out the, the middle linebackers in this defense and saying they need to do a better job leading this defense. Dodson gets another shot and underperforms. And the big uh, touchdown run was his responsibility. Um, and then McDermott simply benches him and uses Klein with the starters. And we see Dodson play until the fourth quarter. Uh, I'm pretty confident in saying that Dodson won't be the starter in week one. And as I said before, I'm I'm higher on Dodson than most Bills Mafia members, but there is a bad combination about players when they are they open their mouths way too much and, and talk a lot and can't really deliver on the field. And that's bothering me by Dodson. Chris Brown from, from Bills.com uh, said a couple of weeks ago that he was watching practice and Dodson was looking at him. And when he looked at Dodson, Dodson simply said, don't sleep on me, don't sleep on me. And Brown proceeded to say a lot of good things about Dodson and how he looked improved on coverage and and how he was ready to take over the middle linebacker spot. And then Tasker continued saying Dodson is an alpha and he's in command. And, and then we had Von Miller interview saying he, he thought T-Dot and Matt Milano looked good together. But the performances on the field don't lie. And, and we haven't seen these kind of performances from Dodson. And then last week he was involved in a scuffle with the especially josh allen josh allen was really mad at him and some people said he threw his helmet on uh he was swinging his helmet on his his teammates and and he negated it later via twitter but dotson has talked a lot and his play on the field hasn't really uh convinced nobody so I don't believe Dodson is going to get another opportunity and he just lost, lost his shot, unfortunately for him. And I can understand why. He really had a good opportunity to take advantage. Terrell Bernard's injury couldn't have happened in a worse timing, with a worse timing, but he couldn't secure the job. And, and I'm pretty confident saying that he's not going to be an option for week one. Uh, AJ Klein is who he is. We we won't see him doing great things. And, and in fact, McDermott will need to hide him a lot, maybe sending him more in blitzes, just like he did two years ago when Klein needed to play meaningful uh, playing time with the starters and he became our sack, uh, our sex leader. But you can't do that all the time, especially with a Mike linebacker. So... Dodson is going to be exposed in coverage and you, he's a mismatch waiting to happen. He's going to be attacked all the time in the middle of the field by those quick slot wide receivers, quick running backs coming out of the backfield. And, and he's a liability in the middle of this defense. That's a guy who McDermott can have a comfort level since he's been uh, under McDermott for a long time since his Carolina days, but he's not the answer. Uh, or Mike Linebacker. And our, our only hope right now, short term, is Terrell Bernard. 
hopefully he can recover real quick. I don't I don't care if he can recover for next week's game. He doesn't need to play. Take care of that hamstring. Be ready in two weeks and be ready for week one. And if he's ready, I'd play him as our Mike linebacker and give him this baptism of fire against the exact same team he had an opportunity last year and struggled struggled against. Because Bernard is he he's always been the best option in my in my opinion. He was drafted for that, and he's been under under McDermott and learning this defense for an entire year. So put him out there, give him his shot, and let's see if he can really take advantage of it. And I hope he can help a little bit with maybe of maybe Taylor Rapp on clear passing downs. But give Bernard his shot and, and and let him be the Mike linebacker and see it's week one. And the guy was a third round pick for a reason. The Bills identified him, uh, identified a lot of stuff that that made them consider him as a, a Mike linebacker option. Uh, I don't think Bean and his scout team just looked at him and was like, okay, that's the perfect Matt Milano backup and, and only special teams guy. No, with all this talk about his leadership and, and being a film junkie and, and communicating so well, leading Baylor defense, I believe they saw somebody who could be interchangeable with Milano and could maybe take over if Edmonds uh, left. And it happened, and, and now Bernard might have his shot. He must have his shot, in my opinion, since the Bills doubled down this decision of drafting linebackers in the third round who would be better fits for a wheel spot in Milano's place. That place isn't open up anytime soon, man. So those guys better be ready to play Mike. And that's why I think they must prepare Dorian Williams now on so he can be ready maybe after the bye, maybe after week 10, maybe later on the season. But prepare the rookie because this is the guy who really played well during this preseason. He's a great tackler, he can run, he can cover field, so prepare him just in case Bernard can stay healthy or doesn't succeed as the Mike linebacker. Dodson and Klein can't be there long-term, can't be there for longer periods, they're going to be exposed. And for me, right now, it's Bernard or Bust, and thinking all season long, it's Bernard and then or Dorian Williams, Otherwise, it's been a fail. It's it's a fail drafting, spending this draft capital on those two guys in the third round when you have needs at tackle, when you have needs at Mike Linebacker's spot, maybe draft another guy. You can't draft guys who only can play Milano's place. And for some reason, you don't want to make Milano the play, calling, the play caller of this defense, or you don't want to move Milano to Mike Linebacker. So if you really can do that, those rookies or those third round picks uh better be suited to play mike linebacker otherwise the pickers were dumb the pickers were were mistakes by being and that's something those are some mistakes that can't happen when the bills are in this situation to compete still talking defense kair elan another loser in my opinion because he really doesn't look good, man. He looks lost. He looks like a guy who's trying to do way too much and he's not doing anything well right now. He's getting beat by 
tight ends, he's getting beat by wide receivers, he's committing penalties, he's being too grabby, and that's unfortunate, man, because even when we watched Wembley this year and Kair was talking to Dion Dawkins in the car and he was like, this season I'm not I'm not going to overthink, I'm going to go out and play. And you could see that's a guy who's confused and that maybe doesn't have a lot of confidence right now. And I can't just blame Kair on that because some guys need confidence from their head coaches, from their coaches, from everybody. There is a reason the Bills traded up for Kair in the first place and drafted him. They love the guy pre-draft. They identified him as somebody to upgrade this defense. And then when the guy is on the building, you don't give him a real shot. And you put him in competition against former seventh rounders, former uh, late round picks and veterans. And the guy starts to question themselves. And, and obviously, it's not like everybody's the same. And some guys can take advantage of those competitions and step up. But others need this, the confidence from their coaches. They need the confidence from the guys who trusted you in the first place to make your uh, uh, early round pick. So I don't agree with this way of bringing up some rookies. And you can see with Torrance and Kincaid, those are some winners. And I'm going to talk more about them uh, soon. But the Bills simply put those guys in places to play and to contribute right on. And they are playing great. You couldn't have asked more for Kincaid than Torrance so far. Yes, it's only preseason, but they are looking really good. And they're looking like contributors. And they are looking like guys who, who are going to make the Bills better for years to come. So, who knows? The problem with Elon was simply not giving him the same shot. And yeah, okay, maybe he's not preparing like he should. Maybe he he's not doing the same right things as as Dan Jackson has been doing, or, or even Christian Benford. But that's the guy you identified to be a huge upgrade for you. Give him a real shot. Put him on the on the field. And, and you know, I, I can understand some veterans maybe loving the way McDermott acts because they make everybody earn their playing time on daily basis, on practice field, on, on, on the film run, and, and how they carry themselves on daily basis. But Dan Jackson was a seventh-round pick for a reason. Christian Benford was a sixth-round pick for a reason. So I know those guys maybe can look at the situation and think, yeah, I'm preparing better than Kyrie Elon. I'm, I'm, I'm doing my, my, my film study or, I mean, anyway, I'm, I'm doing anything asked and maybe I deserve more this shot than Kyrie Elon. But they would understand at the end of the day, they know how things work and, and they know a huge investment was made on, on Kyrie Elon to be a first round pick and, and that he's the first choice to succeed and, and, and that those guys will have their shot if maybe Kyrie opens the door. And Kyrie hasn't opened the door with his performances on the field, at least last year and, and in the playoffs. The door has been opened because of practice or because of of film room habits or something off field so 
yes, Dan Jackson has done everything right, and I'm I've been a huge advocate of him since his rookie year. He has played well when he got his first shot, and I really like the guy as a depth piece and as a solid vet, a solid a solid option. But he doesn't have the ceiling Elon has, and you know, at the end of the day, by playoffs time, when it really matters, when you have Dan Jackson one on one. No help against Tariq Hill, against Tony, against those fast wide receivers on the AFC. You're done, man. You're done. You can press those guys with Dan Jackson or he's going to get beat over the top. you got to play soft and those guys are going to make the catch and outrun him. So, Kai Elon is your option. He's your lottery ticket. Give him the opportunities. Let him struggle. Let him play. Let him maybe be embarrassed by some of his bad performances during season so everybody can see he's maybe a bust or he's not doing what he's supposed to do in the practice field or in the preparation and then put Dane Jackson in or Benford. But give the guy all the chances to succeed and give him confidence and let him know you trust him to be a difference maker, a cornerback one. And I don't feel like Kyrie Elon has had this shot and has had this approach by his coaching staff. And you can disagree to me. You can believe the way McDermott acts towards his players is the right way, making the earn it uh, on the practice field and on the film room. And and I can understand this side or iron sharpens, uh, sharpens iron thing and, and competition make people better and things like that. But the truth is those guys who were drafted in the first, in the second, those guys who bring from free agency and spend a huge money, the expectations are on them to make your team very good, to make your team better. And those are the guys who are who, who have the, the highest ceiling. So I don't think you are doing the best for your team, for your franchise, when you're not making everything possible to make those guys succeed. You don't draft Josh Allen and you don't put on the field him on the field because Nathan Peterman is doing all the right things on the film room and he's playing at a good level, at a Tyrod Taylor level, taking care of the ball. And so Josh is going to wait and be a bench warmer you don't do that thankfully peterman was a turnover machine and 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 josh played early and took took advantage of his shot and never never looked back but that's the way i think you gotta give those guys all the chances to succeed early or you have the risk of really messing up with their confidence and and Kair might be uh, damaged goods at this point, and we might see him succeeding. I hope he can still succeed as a Bills player, but we might see him succeeding in another team later and and maybe regret it. Or we might even see him being a bust and not succeeding anywhere. And maybe all those things I, I talk don't make any difference, but those guys simply can't be that guy can succeed. But I, I really don't like how they never gave him a real shot early on as the starter. And 
giving him confidence. He always was in a, in a competition against guys who were drafted in, late in the draft and weren't supposed to have the same expectation as him. So it can kill the confidence of some young players. You like it or not, it's true. Uh, and I, I really don't like how it's being uh, done regards Kyrie Elan so far. So two losers, Dodson and Kyrie, on the defensive side of the ball. And a third loser, in my opinion, is E.J. Peneza. He's for two weeks in a row, he's invisible. And Boogie Bashan really looks good. His second game wasn't as good as the first one, but the guy looks on shape. He looks like uh, active. His motor never stops. Uh, he's lighter. He's faster. I really like how Boogie has has flashed so far. And and I'd move on Epeneza ahead of Boogie since you have control of Boogie for one more year in the rookie deal. So Epeneza is another loser, in my opinion, in this defensive side of the ball. And really hard to find any winners on this side of the ball. I think the biggest winner on the defensive side of the ball is playing for the Chicago Bears right now, and that's Tremaine Edmonds, because right now the Bills Mafia acts like Tremaine Edmonds is look quickly in his prime or, or I don't know, London Fletcher or Takeo Spikes or, you know, Daryl Talley, because every play that isn't made, Tremaine Edmonds would have made it, and it makes zero sense in my opinion. Look, don't get me wrong. I've been a big Tremaine Edmonds guy since day one. When it wasn't cool, I was there like, look, Tremaine Edmonds is good. Look, Tremaine Edmonds is a good young linebacker. And people were, ah, he sucks. He isn't good enough. And he's not physical enough. He's not being used properly. And he has one really outstanding year last year. And right now, Bills Mafia are like, he would have made every play. And that, that's not true. That run, that big run against the Bills, we saw a lot of them against the Titans two years ago. The same way with motions, taking Theron Johnson out of his spot because he needs to carry the wide receiver to the other side when in man and, and messing up with gap control. And, and we saw that with Edmonds on the field too. So we can't act like Edmonds would be uh, better on every situation. Yeah, Dodson isn't awesome. And and I don't know how Bernard will look there. Klein isn't ideal. But it's not like Edmonds would have made every play. And thankfully, that touchdown thrown by Pickett over the middle of the field for framework was over Matt Milano. Because if Dodson were there, oh my God, people would be talking a lot about how oh, if it were Edmonds, this touchdown wouldn't have happened. And that's not true at all. It's not like this. It was a really good play. Matt Milano could do, couldn't do anything there. And I doubt Edmonds would be would have been able to. So easy, Bills Mafia. It's not like this. I don't don't believe we'll have an upgrade over Edmonds this year. I, I, I'm a really big, uh, I wouldn't say fan, but I'm a fan of what I've heard about Bernard coming out so i'm really excited to see bernard getting his shot and i've been impressed by dorian williams so far so 
I can't wait to see those guys getting their shot. Hopefully, Bernard can get his shot and never look bad. And and it doesn't it isn't needed to see Dorian there. But uh, Bernard won't be an upgrade over Edmonds this year. It's not fair to expect that for from him. Edmonds played really really well. So I hope Bernard can play and can be interchangeable with Milano so McDermott can use them um, in creative ways and, and send him in blitzes and hide some of the stuff he want to do on this defensive side of the ball. But we got to wait and see. And even McDermott, without Frazier, everybody were celebrating no Frazier anymore, but we have no guarantees our defense will be better without Frazier. Leslie Fraser is a heck of a coach, okay? So he's been alongside McDermott since day one. And he was the guy with previous head coach experience. So it's not a stretch to think Leslie Fraser has been really, really important for McDermott all along. And that's the first time McDermott doesn't have Leslie alongside him. And he might be missing. So uh, that's something to keep an eye on. And I believe McDermott is a loser of this game because I don't like how he... He said there, there, there wasn't a, an effort issue during this game and how it was just a matter of, of uh, the team struggling with the penalties on one side of the ball. It doesn't sound good when you make those kind of comments to the media and he hasn't been really fortunate with the comments about digs early on about the concern i'm concerned comment creating all a situation that could be avoided and now this conversation about lack of of discipline on one side of the ball uh it can it can be really a bad kind of comment to dorsey and to the offensive guys so i don't like this kind of of behavior by our head coach hopefully he can take a little bit more of care of what he says and what he does because uh he's on the spotlight right now no Fraser anymore and he needs to keep, take care of the defense but continues to be the head coach so a lot of pressure on McDermott not in the sense of uh being at the hot seat but to deliver and to make this defense really better more aggressive and and to make this team more successful during playoffs time so big season for our head coach and flipping sides of the ball offensive line a lot of people really worried about it but i really believe the interior looked good mcgovern played well and especially torrance torrance played really well and he might he must be your starter on week one and dion dawkins struggled dion dawkins really struggled in this game but I trust him to play a decent level during this season. I don't believe Dion Dawkins is awesome. He's an elite tackle, but he can play decently and, and good enough. And Spencer Brown, he was dealing with TJ Watman. It's not an easy situation to be in. So uh, I think he actually did a, a nice job against Watt and didn't struggle against, uh, against Golden. So uh, I hope... Spencer can play better during the season, but I'm ready to to have the same kind of issues we've we've had in the last few seasons, in the last couple of seasons. Offensive line 
we couldn't trust on them. They won't be a top-notch unit. They won't be the worst unit in the league, but we're going to survive them. Uh, we got to survive them during this season. So uh, as long as we have Josh Allen healthy, this offense will be really good, especially because it seems we have more weapons now. It, it was good to see Gabe Davis healthy and he seemed quick, he seemed fast. He showed some sure hands, body control. Um, Kincaid was awesome. Kincaid was really good and, and can't wait to see more out of the rookie. Knox wasn't there yesterday and he's going to contribute. So uh, uh, I'm really excited to see this offense. And I believe the the, the issue we can still see might be the, the running game and the offensive line still doesn't look dominant to in the run game but i really believe in the first run that james cook bounced outside and was tackled by levi Wallace. if he keeps it inside where the blocks were he could gain those one two yards and convert the first down it was just a cook doing his best cj spiller personification and trying to go outside and trust his speed but in this situation maybe Better use Damian Harris or even Latavius Murray and pound the rock inside and get that first down and and that drive would be saved by that. So I, I don't I don't believe it's a a bigger issue that's already been for some time now. And we just gotta keep Josh healthy and have have some alternatives to Spencer Brown if he really struggles during this season maybe give more more snaps to Bates outside it's an opportunity the Bills just signed McGinn a guy out of uh XFL or CFL if I'm not mistaken and might not be, be the answer but the Bills might find some some possibilities uh maybe in the trade market so they can have uh, alternatives to just in case Spencer Brown really struggles, but I don't. After rewatching the game, I don't believe Spencer Brown was really that bad, and it was just Dawkins and Brown struggling uh, together at some points, and and it made Josh's life really tough. But with game plan and with preparation for games, I think they're gonna be good and and. I don't see any reasons why our, our offense wouldn't be at least at the same level of the previous years. I think they can be even better with the new weapons, and I'm excited to see them in real action against the Jets and, and with game plan. So to close it out, some winners. Uh, Dalton Kincaid, the winner yesterday, no doubt. Osiris Torrance, a winner. Sheffield, despite just one catch, it was a great catch. Uh, contested ball, and he's going to contribute another winner. And and I hope uh, we can see better football on the next game against the Bears. But I'm not really caring about if the starters got to see the field again. I'd rather keep them away and, and put them when the real thing is going on in week one against the Jets. Let them think we are done. Let them think we are struggling and prepare the guys to be ready for week one. Uh, playing well against the Bears won't change anything regarding this team. So prepare them for Jets week one. That's when things really matter. And I think it's it's 
the it, it has the potential to be a really wake up call to this team to play week one uh with uh really being really ready for week one not thinking they are the afc east champions uh or, or afc contenders to the super bowl and and naturally they're gonna step on the field and beat their opponents because they are really better than them i don't think it's like this i don't see the roster and you saw my my roster comparison to some of the other teams in the division comparing unities and in that exercise here on our leading the charge we didn't have a lot of unities that were number one ranked in the fc east so that's really a team who has a top three quarterback and in my opinion the, the best one in the nfl and he hides a lot of the stuff that's going on on this team and that's why we are true contenders but the team must be better around Josh Allen. The coaching must be better. And I hope they can figure it out for this season so we can be ready not in September like we were last season, but we can be ready by playoff times and by Super Bowl times so the Bills can win it all. That's it for today, Bills Mafia. See you next Friday with the pregame show to Bills and Bears, preseason week three. Thank you for taking your time. And see you around. Go Bills.